Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the NA Men podcast. This is the first episode of the new year. Very exciting. Um, I'm Delfino, your host, and I'm joined by four others for today. Um, as I said before, I'm Delfino, uh, December OLI on Twitter. Um, I make content and stuff about the LCS. Hi, I'm Sock. I'm just a LOL esports fan and I mainly follow like LCS. And I mainly just tweet a lot about LCS. And I'm not tweeting much right now just because I'm bored nothing really going on but yeah um and today we're joined by two lovely guests if they would introduce themselves hi my name is mihir uh, my twitter is lo mihir and i've been a fan of the lcs for quite a while now um i just like to make funny tweets and yeah hi guys my name is mrs chum chum but i also go by reagan um i'm a league of Legends streamer and uh you can find me on Twitch as Miss Chim Chim and you can find me as Miss Chim Chim LOL on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, so um today we're gonna be talking about social media, specifically by players, but a little bit of um org involvement as well. So the opening question is what are our opinions on players' social media presence? Like overall good, worse than before, um, could be better. Oh, I'll I mean, start. Oh, <laughs> you want to start yourself? Um, I'll, well, the short answer is it could be better. Um, you, you can elaborate on that if you want. Oh, yeah. So I am chronically online. I'm literally always on socials, except for when important things happen, because that's how it goes. And um, like I am on basically every form of social media that like pro players would use. And it's like there's nothing there. There's like some players who tweet. And there's obviously, like, each player is different. Like, each player does different things. But, like, overall, it's kind of not good, in my opinion. Compared to, like, compared to, well, obviously, um, K-pop stan. But, like, if you compare the amount of content, even, like, that the idols put out on their Instagrams and stuff, it's just, like, incomparable. It's really sad. It makes me really sad. I agree with that 100%. I noticed that um, like during Worlds and during their games and stuff, they usually tweet around their games. Like they'll either tweet like, oh, we're about to, you know, we're about to crush C9 or, oh, we, uh, sorry guys, we'll do better next time. But like after the game ends, it goes kind of radio silent. And kind of thinking about the K-pop thing, like I realized that like even though these LCS players are like our celebrities but like the bigger celebrities they have like uh social media managers who handle that like social media aspect for them while our lcs pros like it's literally just all on them like the team if the team posts the team posts on their social account you know what i'm saying <clears throat> so i definitely agree with like the fact that it could be better and i think like the overwhelming majority definitely don't put out a lot of content I think there's a few who do a really good job. So I think like the ones I really want to highlight are uh, Bwipo and Doublelift. So Doublelift, he took, I think he retired in 2020. So all of 2021 and all of 2022, he didn't play, but he was streaming this whole time. And I mean, in the 100 Thieves um, video, when he talked about coming back, he mentioned how, you know, indirectly through streaming, he kind of realized that he still had that competitive drive. So I think there's a lot of like, upside to streaming. And realistically, it doesn't take too much. Like you mentioned, there's um, a lot of managers I mean, I've been doing TikToks for like, I've been editing TikToks for about four to five months now. And it doesn't take too long to, you know, you can stream your solo queue while you play, have someone clip that. And I mean, I know most people are willing to do like TikToks for five to 10 TikToks per a video. So I think there are definitely some people who do a really good job. I mean, we even saw like during the um, Korea bootcamp for 100 Thieves, Busio was streaming nearly every day. And um, I think something that's really great because it kind of like it gives us an inside perspective because I know for a lot of people who don't have the opportunity to go play on the Korean server or go visit Korea, they get to see, oh, Busi is playing versus Fake or always oh, playing versus Gamiushi, and it's like stuff that I mean, we got to see it during uh, Champions Queue when they were in NA for Worlds. That outside of that, we don't we don't get to really see this like cross regional like rivalry interaction. So I think definitely like the Korean boot camps are like um, an opportunity that players should definitely capitalize on. For example. Um, speaking of Champions Q, um, I don't have the exact numbers for this, but I remember I had a conversation about this with Arsh and I think a couple other people. Um, the streamers who like the people who stream Champions Q, um, they're they were they were doing numbers. Like I think XU stream went from like maybe thirty concurrent viewers to like 
500 and it's it, it, it peaked at 500 and then it went down to like 150 or something like that so like that increase is like insane right and these are people just watching because he's streaming world champions queue and like i think a problem i had with champions queue especially during the like the year like not during worlds um there was nobody streaming it uh um me and elaine we used to like actually just go to random people's like actual like five viewer streams to try to find our faves because nobody was streaming and i think that was the most frustrating part about champions queue not like well obviously the queue times are frustrating but like for me as a viewer the most frustrating part was like people not taking advantage of like this super free opportunity to get like more viewers for your stream i agree i feel like um kind of like the pro players like when it comes to streaming Personally, whenever I'm streaming and I'm playing League, like ranked, if I'm talking to chat, I'm distracted, you know? So I think they're just like super focused in because they have the comms, right? You get like comms in Champions queue. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're just like super like honed into the game. But yeah, you're so right. Like I would love to watch like these Champion Q games. I would love to watch these pro play games because like you get to learn and you also get to like see your fave, you know? Like it's it's really fun. Yeah, actually, um, I have a friend. He's an amateur mid laner. His name is Messages. And before, whenever he would stream, it would be like a handful of us, maybe like three to five years. And it would be like me and a couple other of his close friends. But I remember um, during Champions Q, he had, I believe there was either three or four T1 players. He had Zeus, I think, Owner, and Asper, who was their backup support. And he went from three viewers to a thousand. Wow. Like he was- he, he held a thousand the whole time. He got a pentakill too. Oh, so, shit. Like, it, it was crazy. And um, there's a website. It's called factor.gg. And it had like all the champions queue. And if people were like live, it had the stream link. And I think that made it so easy. Um, like, I remember during Cham- World Champions queue, I had this website open. Like, I would come home from school and I would just have this website open. And like, anytime someone went live, like, I was like, watch it. So I think definitely like what whenever you do get these opportunities it's definitely something you can like grow on because i mean that like pentakill that he got um during that t1 game it was a ton of exposure everyone was like talking about it and i think stuff like that um if you put in like a ton of time sure like that like that pentakill is not something that's going to happen a lot but if you like if you put in a lot of like effort into streaming you might have more moments like those and like the more moments you have the more you get to like build on your brand so like, i know like that day was like so crazy because like i've known this guy for like two years and he would never get more than five years because it would just be like his close friends you know you just stream for us while he's playing champions queue and then suddenly he just had a thousand people have to chat with speaking in korean it was like a crazy experience because like <laughs> you know this is like one of my like best friends and he now has like more viewers and like half the people on my following list so it's definitely like a crazy experience that i think a lot of people either missed out on or didn't really like get the most out of why do you think that these players don't think of capitalizing on it. Like, why do you think there's like that misconnect of not so realizing? Oh, so there's I, been like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just like really briefly. I mean, I actually have some thoughts on this because I, I, like, I th- sat down and thought about it. And the thing I realized is it's not so much like it's like not worth or it's a lot of work. It's like genuinely like a CBA moment where it's like, okay, let's say you as a pro player, like let's say you scrim like, I don't know, I'm going to throw out random hours, like 10 a.m. to like 5 p.m. Most people don't want to like stream when they get home. Like they just want to mm. play slow queue and get the day over with. Because mm. I think it's generally, for most people, they don't see the worth um, in playing Champions Cube. Because if you are a like high-end or like a really well-performing LCS player, you don't see like the benefit in like streaming because you only really care about your performance. But for someone who's like trying to get their name out there, it's infinitely more worth it's also easier because if you're playing on amateur, um, you have an easier scrim schedule. If you're playing on academy, um, it isn't. I mean, you have like I think more game days per week than LCS. But when you're like not like a high end pro, it's like more worth your time. So I think for like most people, especially on like the bigger names, it's just for them, it's not worth their time. So I right. mean, as far as like what we can do, I mean, I don't know how realistic this is, but I mean, just adding incentives into their contracts, like hey, an extra X amount of money if you stream X amount of hours. Oh. Um, I think at some point Lena said this on Devilish stream, I want to say. She said they did that and like players just didn't care. 
Like, Ooh. I think she mentioned, I don't know if she mentioned him specifically, but, like, it was kind of implied that she was talking about Spica. And, like, apparently they had, like, $15,000 if they, like, streamed. Like, I don't know if it was a month or a year or what, but, like, if they streamed, like, X amount of hours, like, 25 hours per month, they would get, like, an extra 15000 and they just did not care. Which is, like... Do you know how know. little 25 hours of stream time is? I know! Like, oh, my so God! Little. That is so it's little. It's so... It's so... It's... Anyway, so I also wanted to say um, it's really interesting because you see, like, like the newer players, like, no offense, like, the newer big players, like, maybe Blabber, like, Fudge, like, all these people, like, the newer big players don't stream, but, like, the older really, really big players stream. Like, Bjergsen streams, Doublelift streams, like, these people who were really, really popular, like, a long time ago, like, they stream pretty regularly compared to, like, the people who are big-ish now which is really interesting to me because like what changed like because obviously back then you had to kind of you had to do a lot to like put food on the table because the lcs was like not profitable and like your your salary was like actual chump change right so like you had to stream back then so like besides like i know a lot of people want to say franchising caused like people not to want to stream which i don't think is fully true either but like I don't know. It's it's really interesting to me how like Double Lift streams consistently, has a consistent stream schedule, like hardly ever misses out, does like streamathons or like subathons or whatever, and like newer players don't like at all. I I kinda I kinda see both sides because I've heard like people who are trying to get into like the LCS scene and stuff, like it's just so much work trying to just get noticed but i feel like that streaming aspect would help them but then like you kind of also have to think like why do you stream like it's either for money or you want to build a community and get noticed but like if they don't see like immediate results so if they're sitting there with one or two viewers they're not gonna like i don't know i feel like they're so quick to like kind of throw that out the window and just stop streaming so but like since Twitch is such a more intimate interaction with fans, I guess, I feel like it would really benefit these LCS players to like really hone into like streaming and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I don't know. I wasn't really I can't really speak much on like the actual fandom back then because I wasn't I mean I just started watching LCS in 2020. But like mm -hmm. From the stuff I've seen, the art, like, all this kind of, like, the fandom aspect kind of, like, died, like, post, actually, like, around when I, like, joined the fandom. Like, there was a lot of sneaky and media stuff. Like, everyone mm. was, like, super, like, super, like, sneaky as, like, actual, like, super fans, right? As a yeah. player. And he had, like, super fans back then. Like, before, like, the, the cosplay stuff and all that. But, like, it feels like no player really has like super fans like that anymore besides my favorites <laughs> <laughs> super fan in question it's okay we're we're na men are super fans so there there are some but it's a lot it seems like a lot less i think another point that's like also worth bringing up is uh, it's kind of like the timing so for example right now it's like the off season well it was the off season now like people are starting to like uh, now that like teams have settled, um, people are starting to like play more. But I think like towards the end of the season, people don't play as much solo queue because like you know there's a whole like uh, kind of like I don't know if perception is the right word, but it's like the whole oh end of season solo queue isn't as enjoyable, it isn't as high quality, um, and especially like for example, um, I'll just take like LCS finals for example. If you have like LCS finals, you're probably not going to play that much solo queue um, because you know you only really care about scrims. So I think it's like more so like the timing. Now I do think there could be improvements made across the board, like even like during season or even in like the early season. So like I hope going into 2023 we see a lot of changes. But I think especially like I'd say when was like uh I think summer finals was like mm, was it like August, September? It was it, it was like September, I think. Yeah, it was like September-ish. So especially around that time, I think that's when we started seeing a lot less. Um, and I think going into 2023, I just hope to see a lot of changes. But I do think that the timing of season and like how much the pros are actually playing solo queue also impacts how much they're going to stream. Because if you're not 
playing a lot of solo queue, you're probably not going to stream as much. And the same goes with like Champions Q as well, because I feel like most of the people who we did see streaming a lot of Champions Q were just straight up playing a lot of Champions Q. Yeah, like Dokla mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it, every name is slipping my mind right now. But whatever. <laughs> Spika, can I talk about Spika? Yes, please talk about Spika. Um, I want to talk about him because, it, I mean, it was someone that like Maxi, I, and even Mahir had in mind in terms of social media presence. And I think, I mean, Delphi made like a tier list about. Oh um, yeah, social media the social media tier list that is on her YouTube channel. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, shameless plug. But I think Speak Out is just all around. Like, you know, he tweets on Twitter, not all the time, but enough for him to be like, you know, people Known and like, remembered. Like, remembered. And I mean, he was ratioing before it was cool, let's be honest. Um, but I think he also he really took advantage of streaming during the off season because no one else was streaming. So um, I feel like he's a really entertaining person and just a popular face in the scene he did, because of that he did stream champions queue as well i think yeah, yeah i remember did. this because i remember the speak a tactical duo and they would always stream and they were always like yelling or something but it was really entertaining and they <laughs> yeah they pulled we love that we love a lot that. of views <laughs> they're chaotic like that and also like i don't know if a lot of people remember this it was really recent but Spika held a um in-house with like some of the pros that were still in na and I feel like oh, yeah. you took a really good advantage of, like, you know, it's off-season, not much is going on. Like, why not host us, like, small four-fun tournament? Like, I don't know. It's it's just, it's not that complicated. Like, like I feel like Spika is just doing it right. And I feel like people should should take notes, not gonna lie. Oh, also, this is gonna sound, like, a little odd. I never thought I'd say this. But I genuinely think one of the only orgs, or I don't know if it's necessarily the orgs doing but I think one of the teams that had like the most streamers streaming was TSM because I remember back when Shenny was on the Maple team, was Maple stream Maple Shenny streamed, streams. Shenny streamed um, uh, Speaker streamed uh, Soul Soul occasionally streamed Tactical stream so I think like TSM streamed the most I don't know too much about their contracts I don't know if I was like in their contracts but I think. I think- they yeah, had like a solo queue thing. Sorry. Yeah, they had a solo queue thing. Which Not I the solo queue thing. It, it's um, <laughs> but like I, it was like so. It's like I never thought I'd see TSM was like the best at something, but like they generally like did like the best job of like having the most streamers. I don't know what it was, but I think if we can like figure out what TSM did so good that made it worth because like, those players are still playing the same scrim box that all the other pros are playing. It's like why think- why did they see see it as worth but not others? I think specifically in TSM's case, they just had a lot of, like, personality. Like, mm-hmm. you have Spika, Tactical, and then you have Maple, who already had, like, who's pulling, like, five, six K viewer streams purely off of, like, Chinese fans, or, like, Taiwanese fans, right? So, like, these people already had, like, established streams, and, like, I think, I don't even know why Shenyu was streaming. I don't, I don't even know if he likes streaming. But I know another team for sure had, or, and still has, uh, streaming hours in their contracts which is golden guardians um some players don't like streaming which it's why i'm like i'm not sure about like putting it like directly in their contracts and not like a financial incentive or something but like their players streamed i think 25 hours a month and i i know they they weren't super super popular because like nobody really knew them but like i think i saw some of their streams grow like um, I used to watch a lot of Pride Stalker and Ola and when they would do Champions Queue together and like it was really enjoyable and it was good content and I think I, I saw their streams grow from like maybe like 10 to 30 viewers over like at least Pride Stalker over the time that he was like streaming in Spring Split obviously he got dropped for summer but I I have never really been a fan of streaming hours in contracts like like you have to stream this amount of hours or you'll get fined um because i know korean teams do that and i know it's not great but i wish some of what the korean teams do is good like the streaming schedule um i was in like demon hours over the summer watching like t1 damwon drx genji streams because i think the streaming schedule is probably the best thing for like for social media that like any team has ever done 100%. 100%. That's that's how you grow a, screen, a stream. That's like one of the biggest aspects of dr- growing a stream is like 
you need to let the people know like when they can expect you and then they know when they need to be in their chair or on their phone ready to look at you. So yeah, I think the the T1 stream schedule, the DRX team uh, stream schedule is like one of the best ways to like get their people noticed. I feel like if NA adopted that, like it would be so much better, especially the teams that have personalities on their like LCS teams. So like, honestly, if JoJo streamed, it would be over. It would be absolutely over and you know it. Like that man is hilarious. You can tell from his his tweets that he does, his trash talk. I feel like evil geniuses just period. They would be amazing streamers. They all are like kind of Teehee XD funny. So I just feel like if he XD e funny. Yeah, like yeah, I feel like are. if EG really was are. like, all right, you stream Monday, you stream Tuesday, you stream th like I think it would be done. Their streams would grow infinitely. And then it would kind of turn into revenue in a sense of like they're gonna have more supporters. And those supporters are gonna like buy the jerseys. They're gonna wanna watch them. They're gonna wanna put their stock into them or whatever. So I feel like it's like an incentive for not only the players, but also like the org to get their streamers or their players to stream, you know? It's the way we almost never get a stream from an EG member unless it's a your annual Bud Light. Oh, no, the Bud, Bud Light stream. happy hour stream. Right. Bro, okay. I mean, JoJo not streaming, it's it's so unfortunate. It's oh so unfortunate, my gosh. But, the, the but, know I do, but what I do want to say about JoJo is like, he's still so good at putting himself out there and making this presence and this personality just from his tweets. And I mean, yeah. we all know what JoJo's formula. It's kind of like a... Oh, get about to sh about to shit on X, about to shit on Y. Gotta send, you know? gotta send this guy back to wherever. Yeah, it's, it's purely, <laughs> purely trash talk, but it's so it's it's effective. It's good. It's joking. People know him for those tweets. Yeah, exactly. He makes people mad, and I I mean that's that's the jo that's the job. I literally watch EG games because I want to see if JoJo is gonna get humbled or not from all of his trash talk. Like it. It is one of the main reasons I tune into EG, hundred percent. And I, I think to add on to like what Reagan said about uh, like the T1 stream schedules, um, I've kind of like been like a T1 fan. I'm not like a hardcore fan, but if I am watching like LCK or if I'm watching like Worlds, for example, I was cheering for T1. And I think the reason was, I mean, I remember their old T maps. They had like the orange wall, like neon green wall, like that stuff was like really iconic and really funny. I mean. My favorite player of all time is a support player named Mata. As like he had so many funny moments just like streaming from a T1 headquarters. And it's just like stuff like that brings up such fond memories. Like back when they had those colorful walls. I know there's so many clips of fakers with like with the old background and stuff. And even like their new headquarters where they have like a bunch of new streaming rooms. Like there's just generally so much like positive, like not only like nostalgia I associate with their streaming, but it's like I mean, there's so many moments and like clips that I could go pull up that would generally make me laugh. Like back when Teddy was on T1. Oh, shout out to Teddy, my goat for real. <laughs> Teddy's streams were probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. And, and like, like, I don't even speak the language, bro. Yeah, right. Like, like the YouTube videos were so funny. Like when they would like put his stream highlights on YouTube, it was so funny that it just made me want to be more of a T1 fan. Because I feel like everyone's a T1 fan deep down. Like everyone loves T1, but like it's just like the YouTube content just made me love that team so much more because that guy was so funny. And yeah, I'm thinking of... Oh, wait. Sat, go ahead. Um, I was just going to quickly say, like, it's one thing to be a T1 player, which, you know, if you're a T1 player, you're naturally, like, one of the best players in the world. But it, to also have all this, like, personality, this humor, just this, like, presence, I think it just makes it, it, makes it even easier to be a fan. Delphi? Oh, yeah. I was saying, like, I think... So, so far... I know 100 Thieves is committed to doing it, and CLG has also done one where they make, like, so Jungle Juice, he went on 100 Talk and talked about how he wanted, like, the org wanted to, like, um, wanted to make stream highlights videos, uh, similar to, like, what Damwon and, like, T1 do, right? Um, where they, like, the org actually takes the clips from the stream and makes a highlights video. Um, which is actually a really good start. So CLG did like a Dokla montage, but um, I think it's a really good start. And I think orgs should play a part like that 
like hyping up their player streams. Like I think Immortals, despite their um, incredibly small Twitter reach, they did retweet their <laughs> they did retweet like Fleshy stream and they like hyped him up and they were like, oh, this guy hit Challenger in like X amount of days. And I think the org definitely like orgs can definitely do more. And I'm glad to see that like at least Hundred Thieves and like CLG, they're kind of like realizing that they need to hype up their players' streams because like they want their players to have fans. And I think it's really good on them. And I think every single org should do it and every single org should encourage streaming. 100%. And like, what does that cost the org? It costs them nothing. Like to hype your very own players up, like a simple retweet, a simple like, a simple shout out. Like it doesn't cost them anything if their players are willing to like stream or do whatever they're doing. It's just, it's just so, it's so... Actually, especially as a hundred thousand, I made a whole thread about this, ranting about this. How, um, like every org was like retweeting their player streams and and um, like hyping them up. And then hundred these, they had uh, four players streaming. Like I think everybody but Tenacity streamed at least once in um, in Korea, and not a single retweet. There was nothing. Like they would post clips. I think they posted one doublelift clip, but they like in that time they posted like seventeen Valorant clips and not a single like retweet of a stream, no clips, no nothing from the, their league team, which is like really frustrating because I remember I, this is I made that thread after Jungle Juice went on Hundred Talk and talked about how they were committing to like helping their players stream and make stream highlights and more content, and I was like I was actually I was actually very angry and I made that I made that thread very angry, but I mean the point still stands that like. Even though they're committed to doing it, it feels like they're not doing it so far when they're literally in the T1 facility boot camping, which is. And like, a unless they want to keep that information on the DL, like maybe they don't want the world to know that they're in boot camp in Korea, but I don't know why they wouldn't want the world to know. But like, how else are we supposed to know their streamers are streaming, their players are streaming if they don't tell us, you know? Like, help us find them you know what i'm saying i know like ugh, I, there's so many people like i mean busio's stream was like popping off right because like i remember his stream like before he started playing world champs Q was like 30 to 50 people and then like in korea it was like 500 plus yeah. like basically every day and that was without like basically without the help of the org the only reason he was popping that much was because he was in the announcement video. And, like, besides the announcement video, they didn't do anything else to, like, plug his stream or hype him up or anything. Yeah, and, like, some of my streamer friends, like, they did the, um, they went to Korea to do the unranked to challenger challenge or whatever. And, like, you have to advertise, like, yo, I'm in Korea. And then, yeah, your numbers literally, like, double, quadruple, like they they skyrocket because everybody wants to see like this competitive like oh how do we measure up to korea or whatever so yeah it's it's all about advertisement and like letting the people know where you are when you are like that's like the basics to you know social media i it's not um it's not a lack of like people who want to see it it's a lack of like branding and advertising there's yeah. um, there's literally thousands of people out there who would love to watch like a pro player stream like solo queue oh yeah. it's a bad game it doesn't matter you're literally a pro player and you're exactly. showing us like like your practice and i just hate the idea so i talked to a friend of mine who is like close to the scene and he said like players literally cba until they do numbers like <laughs> And this is goes for content in general, but streaming specifically as well. Like they just don't care unless they do numbers, which is really rare as like starting out. Like the only exception would probably be like JoJo if he streamed, he would do numbers immediately because it's JoJo, right? Right. Um, but basically everyone else, like you're not gonna really get above 100, 200 viewers. Like you're not gonna be getting like thousand, two thousand viewer streams until you stream consistently. And I feel like players just don't care to do that. <laughs> like because they don't they don't really want to do anything unless it like actually sees value immediately which is it, it's very frustrating as a fan who wants to see um who wants to see their like their favorite players grow but i mean 
if they don't really want it, then I can't really do much about that, you know? I agree with that. And, like, in a sense of, like, I get that League of Legends is their passion and, like, their number one goal is to, like, get that starter position on a team. Like, I totally understand that. But, yeah, like, I want to see these players, like, have a Twitch stream. Like, I want to be engaged with them because it makes it all the more fun. But, yeah, like, I can I can tell that some of these players are, like, not really focused on content because they just never have learned how to be, like, a content creator, I guess. Because if that's not their main their main goal, yeah, like you said, they just they can't be bothered to put in the time to like you don't even have to stream for a long time. Like honestly, I would settle for like an hour or two, you know? Like it it, it wouldn't have to be like a five hour. You wouldn't have to put in T one time and go thirteen hours for a stream, you know? Like I would love just like a two hour stream from Jojo and like I could laugh at how he's just like talking mess to all of the players in the games, even though he may or may not know them. I don't know. I just feel like it could be, it could be great for them if they just saw the potential in like being consistent with it. Yeah. There's a lot that could be done by both the players and orcs to, you know, change this lack of social media presence. But since LCS is coming back soon, how do you guys feel about like, like how, what the broadcast could do? Cause for example, we had last year, like, that segment where they did like know your get to know your pro, which they like know your pro was and like you know little fun facts um, and stuff like that. Um, but what more could maybe the broadcast do to help fix this problem? Um, well, we we know for a fact they had more know your pros, right? It's like definitely do the rest of those. Um, but also like I think the broadcast um, Emily talked about this Emily Rand and she said they do like. They work really hard to, like, create narratives. Um, it was actually in a conversation about co-streaming, but because um, she was talking about how, like, it's hard to create narratives when people are, like, watching other streams. But um, they work really hard to create narratives, and I think those players can capitalize on that. Like, if, say, the narrative is, like, um, I don't know, uh, JoJo versus Vikla or something, right? Which is probably going to be a pretty big narrative. Two rookie who are, like, relatively new mid laners, cracked mid laners against each other. Um, both of them could cap- capitalize on that, right? Um, and I think the broadcast does actually a really good job of, like, putting these players up, like, in a position where they can capitalize on it. And I think it's a failure of the players um, to not capitalize on that. Um, because the broadcast does a really good job. Like, if you, I don't know if you guys like watch the broadcast a lot. Um, it, like, they do a really, really good job of hyping up specific players. And to see those players not really take advantage of it is like, it feels like the broadcast's effort are kind of going to waste almost. Yeah, there are definitely like a lot of, you know, really small smicks, sorry, segments where they would interview a player about a certain matchup, a certain like time in history where you played with this player. Like, they also did a bunch of like quizzes and stuff like it is little stuff, but I feel like those kind of help, you know, get to know a player a little bit more, get to know their mindset. And I feel like, again, like players should take advantage of that. So I um on the topic of like kind of the LCS and player personalities, um, I know uh, recently um, last split, there's like a few times where a player would be like involved. Like, I think we had Whipple on the analyst desk at some point. I think there was like an interview closer with Fudge. Well. Yeah, closer as well. There was an interview with Fudge. There's like uh, these like kind of like sporadic moments where they involve a player with the like LCS broadcast that genuinely like makes it really enjoyable. I mean, there was such positive feedback about Whippo being on the analyst desk. Like I remember everyone saying like, "Wow, this was great." I, I think some of the comments were quite literally. I hope I see this more often. And people um, were like saying that these players, like sh- once they retire, they should be on desk. Mm-hmm. Like we want this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not sure how many people knew this. Uh, the boss, the um, EUS tie on one trick. He was actually a pro player. He was a substitute top player for G2. Um, and we saw like even recently, like he has a more long term position as an analyst for the LEC. Like we saw him on the desk quite a few times. And it's because he built his name through social media, through streaming that this opportunity presents itself. And I mean, I know Whippo, um, due to like uh, unforeseen like circumstances, he couldn't find a team either. But right now he's streaming, and I'm assuming I don't know how much he's making, but I mean, he's going to be making some money 
Um, whether or not it's like more than he would be making as a player, we have yet to find out. But I mean, Whipple right now, he's doing streaming for TL instead of playing pro, which again, like, had he not invested that time to already build up his brand and social media presence, I'm not sure if he would have that to lean on for this split. And, and I think uh, there's a few personalities in the L- uh, LCS that do a really good job of bringing out the most out of players. I think Raz probably does the best job because when you look at like Raz, it's like he's the most. I don't know what the word is, but like he's like the most zoomer. Like, and I think <laughs> yeah, the, it's like I, I think, on Twitter a lot. I think the LCS broadcast, if we lean on like Raz to get players more involved, it'd be so much more entertaining. Well, not not that it's not entertaining, but it would be like just so much more enjoyable. Um, I know like Raz has a really good relationship with like I I don't know anyone who dislikes Raz. Like he's generally like one of like the chillest, funniest guys ever. So I think someone like that can really bring out the most in a lot of these pro players who I know for a fact are not antisocial. Like Fudge, uh, when Raz was like, you know, had him on broadcast, was like hilarious. There's so many pro players that are actually really funny. It's just they don't have that person who's bringing out that personality because they haven't, it hasn't been asked of them yet. But I also think having the, maybe not antisocial, but like more awkward pro players can also be kind of Keg W too. Like, yeah, the, like Danny in that one video. Oh my gosh. Like it, it, it makes it like, Oh, like, come on, you know, like it's, it's still a good wholesome moment. Maybe not too much of those. Cause then you are just going to be sitting there cringing the whole time. But, um, I still think, I still think, yeah, like the interviews of the pro players definitely like adds its little spice onto the, the broadcast for sure. I think even like, uh, I mean, I guess this is getting kind of off topic, but like also having like streamers like you know t1 will make an appearance on there like just having that personality like drilling through the broadcast like at all times like i think that's it's such a great way to get more fans like involved i guess and like excited um this part is a little unrelated but um i think the way like from like rumors and stuff they're trying to move towards like a more rotating like um maybe have like streamers and personalities on more um, but obviously this is just a rumor based on recent happenings with like Dash being like go or whatever. But um, I think having streamers who are like who know at least like the tiniest bit about like esports and stuff, having them on like the desk because streamers really get big because they have personality, right? So having these people on the desk with pro players to help them bring out like the 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 personality that like is not often brought out because. Um, they don't really have someone to <laughs> have someone to like, like almost like help them or like bounce ideas off of. I think that type of broadcast and like analyst desk or maybe just like segments, short segments of the show could be good um, as well. I agree. It's kind of like the Hannah, Monta- Hannah Montana, that's a Raven crossover or whatever. Like you get the best of both worlds. You get your, your favorite streamer and then you get freaking, I don't know, like, uh double lift to interact together imagine like when t1 and faker did their collaboration that was so cute it was cute and it was fantastic like it's absolutely amazing like this stuff is fire like it's super hot and so i don't know why we don't capitalize on it more but maybe in this upcoming season they'll they'll kind of like see that and you know capitalize on it because yeah like those type of crossovers, like, they get you hyped. Like, oh, my gosh, they interacted. Like, oh, my gosh, the best of right? both worlds. It's like, oh, my favorite streamer and, like, the biggest pro player of all time. They're, like, right. together. And it's really awkward, but it's also really cute. Exactly. Exactly. And then and then you have the clips that are farmed from the broadcast. And so then it just goes on and on. And, like, it just multiplies. It literally just multiplies. I kind of wanted to go a bit full circle about the social media kind of conversation. Um, and I kind of want to talk about how sometimes it feels as if the fans care more about bringing in this personality and this presence than the actual players. Um, like, we have this friend named, named Andrea um, at Edgyhoon on Twitter, and she has, this for web- real. she has this website that she helped make, um, that she made, basically just sharing all this fun all these like fun facts about these lcs players like their biographies basically um yeah it's it's lcsprofiles.com i would recommend it there's already already 25 lcs players for nacl players like 
you can learn a thing or two about these people. Yeah, uh, and I think... Oh, uh, Sok, were you saying something? No, 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 go ahead. Oh, so, obviously, this is... Uh, to any K-pop, even, like, close to Stan, um, this is obviously modeled after K-profiles. And, like, the way people get into K-pop, like, the way I got into K-pop, I was, like, I saw a cute fan cam, and I was, like, oh, I want to learn about this guy. And then I go on, and I see a bunch of stuff, and I was, like, oh, he likes the same stuff as me. Oh, he's, like, a cat person, this, that, the other. And then all of a sudden, I'm, like, oh, I really like this person. So I watch their music video, and I'm, like, oh, I like this group. I like their music. And, like, that's how you kind of, that's how a lot of people get into things, like, by finding things that are relatable. And I think that's, that's what we as fans can do. Um, we can kind of, like, we, obviously, fans have a role. But, like, obviously, fans shouldn't be the main people promoting, like, these people's social media. But um, fans definitely have a role. And, like, the Profiles website kind of proves that. Like, we, like, nobody knows, like, no offense to FBI, but, like, nobody knows anything about him, right? He doesn't tweet, he doesn't stream, he doesn't post anything on anything, any any social media, nothing, right? But because, like, oh, someone might be like, oh, like, I have something in common with this guy i would probably watch his team maybe if i'm already like kind of interested in lcs like oh like i can follow this guy because we have something in common like oh i'm also like chinese or whatever right and i think the fans also can like do stuff like that to make players more relatable but i think it's also on the players to like put themselves out there and try to make themselves relatable so that we can like kind of um i i cannot think of the word right now but we can um kind of expand on uh their previously existing content to kind of broadcast it to a larger audience i agree with that i i made some youtube videos like trying to introduce the lcs players like when the lcs teams announced who was on the team so like i would do research and y'all i cannot tell you how deep i had to freaking dig to find any information on these players especially the ones coming up from academy and stuff Oh, so real. Like, I don't know why they make it impossible to find, like, something as little as, like, their age sometimes. It's just so hard to find. But, like, what you're saying about it being, like, you creating that relationship with them of it being, like, relatable or personable. Like, it could be something as simple as, like, oh, my gosh, we main the same champions. I'm hooked. I want to watch you. I want to learn more about you. You know, that type of thing. Like, if that information was just provided it would be so much easier for them to build a fan base because people do want something to relate to. People do want something to relate to. And I think T1 does a really good job at this because they do the the streamer highlights, the streamer clips, but they also do some of that like out of out of League of Legends aspect. Like they they were singing songs one time and I was oh, like, what the karaoke. heck are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? But it yeah, was but so cute. cute. Yeah, it was so cute. And I liked it and I was intrigued. And so I was like, hmm, let me let me dive into more. What us what other type of like off League of Legends content do they have? You know? And it just made me more intrigued. So I really like that. And I wish that like these te- I don't know, like, do they just not want to invest the time into that? But yeah, like, I feel like becoming more personable and like relatable is huge for these streamers to like build a fan base or players. I keep saying streamers, but you know what I mean. I have, um, I, I just, I've talked to people and basically the sentiment is that nobody cares about stuff outside of League. Like, Generally, the sentiment is like, oh, they don't care about what I'm doing if it's not League, mm. which I don't know, like, how to explain that that is just objectively untrue. Oh, we went to, like, the beach for a team bonding trip. I want to see that. Oh, we did an escape room. I want to see that. Like, t- do, do a little, like, three-minute vlog of you guys going to, like, going to McDonald's after an LCS match. I don't care. Like, I just want to see content of my favorite players. And... There's people who, well, there's people I've talked to who are, like, actively against that type of content for whatever reason, but for the most part, people I've talked to want to see that type of stuff, and, like, even, um, Busio, he posted, he posts stuff on his Instagram story, and it's, like, just the most mundane stuff. He's like, oh, here's a picture of, like, my sister's cat, and I'm like, this is Mm. the most, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen, right? I just wish pro players would understand that, like, we care about them outside of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, 
realistically it doesn't take like too much of an effort. Um, there's a TikToker, his name's like Vyoko. He's like the guy with like the silver hair. Um, and he said he posts like one TikTok a day. Now, um, I've been making TikToks for like four to five months, and like most of them will take me 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 30, or maybe it could take me more if I'm making like really detailed, but like most like simple clips, like 15 to 20 minutes. So when you really put it into perspective, just like consistent content isn't that hard, especially like short form content. Like for example, if you edit a TikTok, like let's say you spend 30 minutes edit a TikTok, posted a TikTok and YouTube, and do that like five days a week for 40 weeks, that's 200 pieces of content you've put out. And I'm sure within that time frame, you're gonna grow on all your platforms as well. So, and like, for example, just tweeting every once in a while, I know Tenacity has really stepped up his Twitter game. Uh, he has some really funny friends who really coach on how to be funny on so Twitter. Re- really, really <clears throat> funny friends, right? I wonder who they yeah. are. He has some really funny friends who really like help him <laughs> up his Twitter game. Like I see him making funny tweets. I see him posting his face more. So it's like, he even he's like stepped it up. And I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his Twitter right now. It's kind of like spaced out. You know, he posted a clip on December 21. He posted like a funny tweet on December 27th. Um, he has a lot of pictures from Korea, like when the team went out for an outing, you know. Um, he has like a lot of like, funny tweets here and there it's just not like not that hard most tweets like will take you 30 seconds to type out you can do something really quick and witty that's like really funny you know so i think the amount of effort it's people really like overestimate like sure if you don't want to stream a lot like i think someone mentioned like 24 hours sorry 25 hours per month that's like roughly like uh what like six Six hours a week six six hours six hours 15 minutes per week if you don't want to do that, that's whatever. Just stream like a couple hours and have someone make like clips for the week. But I think people really like overestimate how much it really takes. Like it's not that expensive and it isn't that hard. And I really like, I think Golden Guardians, they uh, recently put out a video. And oh, I love the, the, yeah. the creature the, video. That, yeah. The, the, was, the Animal Cafe? Mm-hmm, yeah, it was like a great video. Like It was so cute. Now, whether or not they're going to perform at LCS, look, no comment oh, at this time. No comment at this time. Whether or not no, they're going to perform. Bro, that's but, so like, foul. but, like, the personality behind the screen, like, I never knew River was funny as hell. I mean, it's like a player that came from Taiwan, so I didn't have, like, that much, like, I didn't watch PCS. But it's just, like, River is, like, funny. You know, who he has always, has always had this really, like, friendly personality. Sticks is one of my favorite players of all time. You know, Licorice is a pretty funny guy. So it's, like, Golden Guardians, I think, is doing a really good job. But even though, like, they're not doing as much as they could be doing, but even though they're getting really positive feedback from a lot of people. Uh, Reagan, you blew up on TikTok, right? Or, like, not blew up, but, like, you got <laughs> popular on TikTok, right? Yeah, a lot of my like, following came from TikTok. Um, how often did you post? So when I started off, I was doing one a day. And then I realized, oh, I can up this up to three times a day. And like you said, it takes no time. Um, it takes like if I'm editing three stream highlights, it literally takes me 30 minutes and then 45 minutes overall to get it posted. But like the thing is I'm, I'm signed to an organization. It is as simple as like getting the clip and being like, Hey, can y'all edit this for me? And then you just post it. Like you can sometimes send stuff. You have resources within your organization to like get stuff done. They just have to know how to use them. So if they literally stream and then they find one clip, two clip, three clips from the stream and send it to an editor within their org, it's as simple as that. Like it's it's not that much time. And like I came from like not knowing anything about Adobe, anything about any editing software and I'm able to get it done. So I'm pretty if they put if they can if they can be challenger in league of legends i promise you they can edit a little 30 second tiktok video for sure so they they just gotta put in that little a little bit of effort i don't know man yeah 100 percent. and i think um i was talking to someone i don't remember who i was talking to about it but like um oh it was retro he used to intern for eg retro my goat a lot of like the interns are actually handling a lot of like the kind of like editing and content side of things but it's like, I, I think, I mean, obviously, like, something like a budget is really important when it comes to things like this, because obviously most people won't do it for free. So I guess there's like mm. that obstacle of figuring out how much you want to pay. But I know so many people who are like students who on the side wouldn't mind editing 
I mean, I have no number in mind, but like, like 10K a month for someone to put out really good, consistent content, I don't think. Sorry, sorry, 1K a month. Oh, I was like, yeah, I'm I was sorry, like, sir. 10K. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I, I meant like 10K a year or something for like a student, for example, just to like post YouTube videos, shorts, stuff like that. Like, there's definitely ways for you to get it done for cheap. And I think that this is something you always can look into because, as like, it's like a win win because as you post more content, you get more revenue. And as you get more revenue, you can invest more in like either more long-term editors yeah it comes around what goes around comes around so i think it's like i said i've I've like reiterated this point so many times it is not that hard and if you really just like put your mind to it it is such a plus in all aspects to your um organization there is no downsides because like i know people like make the excuse like oh players are probably being lazy and slacking off but i mean like no one says that about t1 players because you know you see them grinding you see it so i think in a way, the teams will have um, a lot of like pluses. A lot of people might like buy their merch, for example. And then on top of that, I think people will be less critical and people will be more understanding and like accepting of orgs. Yeah, people are very people are less inclined to um, like drag somebody who they kind of know their personality. Like, I think. Well, actually, this is a poor example, but I think a lot of people like they're less inclined. So, like, say. I don't know, Biofrost is a bad performance, right? But this guy consistently streams and he's like funny and he shows that he's like, he's like kind of shy, but once he comes out of his shell, it's like a little bit, like he's funny, he's entertaining and he he interacts with chat a lot. And like, it's so much harder to like, like flame somebody like that. Like, you don't really want to like drag this guy because like, he seems like such a genuine sweet guy, right? But like, if it's a, a player who like, you see their face and all you see is their trash talk and like the the hype videos and you don't see anything else about them like obviously they're going to be much easier to like target right i think not only is it good for like getting fans it's also good for like not getting a lot of heat on like social media another thing i think uh hundred thieves have a podcast with their valorant players they do uh, what is where it? Is, is the it? league podcast i forgot what it was called i'm gonna see if i can find it really quick um i think it's called like is it called uh, uh I, I can't remember no the name of that I, I like watch it, it but i can't sometimes. remember the name yeah, yeah yeah so uh i think something like that like we're doing a podcast right now we've been talking for like roughly an hour and i don't think i've ex- like i haven't like you know physically or mentally exhausted myself it's like chill we're just having a like, regular conversation yeah. um so yeah I mean, like I'm looking at the Hundred Thieves Valorant uh, YouTube channel, and I can see their podcast. Uh, four weeks ago, 91k views. Uh, there's a voice comms check for 176k views. So it's like stuff like this, kind of like I, I think content that really humanizes the players is really popular, and that's something we should do more often. Because at the end of the day, I think we mentioned it earlier. They're they're, they're people like us too. So I think like humanizing the players is like also another thing that we should like look into because one is really popular. And two, it kind of like, like you said earlier, if like, for example, Byfrost, for example, I don't see many people flame him because he's such a chill bloke. Like he's such a nice guy. So I think like humanizing his players is like really important. It's like a step that a lot of teams should take. And I think it's something that we might see happen in 2023, but I hope to see it like, you know, immediately. I need to see it more. Um, also, um, Rogue, uh, the LAC team, koi whatever it's called now they had a podcast in like 2019 or 2020 with their players and um i personally haven't listened to episodes because i don't really care about any of those players but my friend elaine she listened to a lot of episodes because she wanted to learn more about inspired and like she got enough information from inspired like a lot of it from those podcasts to like make an entire like 15 page like a whole thing about him and it was like so much information like her his profile is like super super updated so much info and like random fun facts about him just because of that podcast right and like it's you you see that i mean he was like he was like 18 or something and you you see that guy and you're like this guy is like really really hard to dislike like this dude just said he wanted to be lee sin and then said never mind because he's blind like come on it's it's just the it's a it's like the most random stuff that like makes people really really like players. It, it's like I, I don't know. I think podcasts are not bad at all, and I think podcast streams 
more active on socials, posting on Twitter, Instagram stories, just anything like that. It just helps humanize your players. Um, and also, like, T1 is... This is kind of controversial, but... <laughs> controversial to, like, two people. But T1 is, like, helping their players build a brand, like, in the sense that they post on their own YouTube channels. Like, the players have their own YouTube channels um, ran by people in the org. And they also have, like, separate, like, fan packages almost where they have the season's greetings, which they have, like, a calendar. And then there's, a like, a picture, like, a not a picture book, but, like, like a, a photo album. Mm. And all this kind of stuff done by the org. And it's it's so difficult to, like, Oh, like I, I really just hate this guy. Like, how do you hate this guy? Like, how, how do you, how do you dislike him? Because he's doing all this stuff. Like, you see him interact with his team. He's funny on stream. Like, you, like you can criticize like gameplay or whatever, but like you can't like hate these people, right? Unless you're just like the biggest hater ever. Um, but it's so difficult to like. It, it, there's a reason why T1 is the most popular team, right? There's a reason why T1 games pull like so many more viewers than basically any other game, or, yeah, yeah, two in games. It's because their players have personality. If it was just, like, Faker and Bengi and, and um, like, uh, Piglet or Wolf and all these people, their hype would have died down, like, years ago, right? Especially after they didn't win Worlds since 2016. But you see these teams continue to thrive because they've just constantly built up their players. Like, T1... You would think the org would have died along with, like, the SKT name or, like, the, oh, these guys didn't win anything. Like, they didn't do anything from, like, 2016 to 2022 or whatever, which is, I mean, it's true if you're weird, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true if you, like, only value certain things. But nobody is really, like, these, this team continues to pull, like, an insane amount of Korean viewers and American viewers because... Like, worldwide viewers, because everybody's like, this is T1. But, like, they're not thinking about T1 with Bengi or Faker. They're thinking about T1 with Gumayushi and T1 with Karia and T1 with Zeus. Like, it, I think T1's a really good example of a team that's continued to build up all their players to become a fan-favorite org, right? Because all these rosters are loved, besides, like, the 2021. But um, all these rosters have been, like, universally loved. I'm kind of going off topic, but, like, I'm trying to, like, think as to why or, like, how to get these NA players to do something like that. And I feel like because they're so League of Legends game, 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 like, oh, we got to drill these games or whatever. Since they've never really focused on content, I, I just hope that one day these organizations will, like, take five seconds to just, like, sit down with the sit down with the players for, like, 10 minutes and just be, like, yeah, like just literally post anything. If you want to go on Instagram and just snap a picture of your sister's cat or whatever, do that. Like, I just feel like they don't know how to reach no, yeah, their that's players or their, totally real. their fans. I wish they would do like Twitter takeovers. That'd be cute. Like, yeah, oh, like, tenacity somebody... takes the 100 Thieves Twitter for a yeah, day. That'd yeah. be cute. And that'd be fun. And I think that's really, really easy to do because this man tweets online constantly anyway <laughs> exactly exactly just like me okay um i think that's <laughs> i think that's about an hour which is um length of our podcast so i think we're gonna wrap it up with some shout outs um i guess i'll go first we'll go in the same order as the intro um I want to shout out um, Wavy with their brand new album, Phantom. You guys should all go stream it. Um, Stan Yang Yang. No, but actually, like, I want to shout out, like, the players who do put an effort to build their social media. Um, like, we already mentioned them, but, like, Spica, Busio, Whippo. I want to shout out these people because they, I can see the effort they're putting in, and I can see it paying off. Suck? Um, my Twitter is Sock O underscore O. Hopefully, I'll be more active as this LCS season begins, but yeah. Um, I think the only shout-outs I really have are, like, I guess everyone who's going to watch this. Um, and I think definitely shout-out to, like, the ones who are, like, putting in effort who kind of see the importance. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just shout-out to everyone who's, like, behind the scenes who actually helps a lot of stuff. Because I know there's, like, a lot of people who don't go appreciated who either edit for people or they, like, 
either manage social medias or they kind of like advise. So I guess I think like a lot of people behind the scenes who like deserve a shout out. So I guess shout out to them. Um, I'm going to shout out the people who think that like, unfortunately they're not interesting enough or if they don't think that they know what to do or whatever, I just want to tell them like, just do it, just try it. But I'm also going to plug my YouTube. If you guys want to watch my YouTube videos, I'm Miss Chum Chum. No, I'm just Miss Chum Chum on YouTube. So, yeah, all some LCS content on there. Okay, thank you so much for listening or watching to this episode. Um, um, that's the end of the episode. Good night. Bye.